This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is broken, Dean's all whack. Quit being Dolly freaking Yoda about this, okay? Get pissed. Please bring fun cast back. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of the TV show Supernatural, and we are back to continue our hellacious journey through Season 7. Season seven's getting dark, wow. Chris. It's getting dark. It's getting it's extremely dark. dark. The stuff that happens in this episode is, uh, like, there's there's moments of fun, and uh, but boy, Sam is, on, is just on a path here. I feel real bad yeah. for Sam lately. He is on a dork path. He's on a dork I mean, he was already a dork, but now he's on a he was, dork Yeah, he's path. already going dork side. <laughs> uh, before we get into that, though, Chris, how, how are you? How, how have you been? I'm doing pretty great. You know what I've been thinking recently, Jeremy, is that how if, if it would be really, really um, lame if we referred to each other as hunters when we did this podcast. Um, it's not an idea that I want to follow through, but it's just a thought I've had about how uncool it would be if I called you a hunter instead of my co-host. Do you think that uh, if I called you Hunter Chris throughout this episode, it would distract you to the point where you couldn't have like some real conversations about the show? That we I would have? actually... I would appreciate it if you called me Uncle Hunter. Uncle Hunter? Well, as long as you call me Dr. Winchester, I think that that's fine. As long as you call me uh, Meatbag or whatever the hell. <laughs> oh, our two man. best episodes, everyone, uh, are our comic book episodes. Please go listen to those. Yeah, yeah, go listen to those comic book episodes. They're they're very great. Uh, and thank you. And we, we were able to do those comic book episodes because of our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. You can donate a couple of bucks a month over there. Uh, by the time this episode is out, we should have kind of a shakeup on that Patreon. We're going to... We're gonna yeah. you know, every once in a while we just like to grab it, shake it around, see how it lands, shake it some more, see see if it gives us a a magic eight ball answer. Just you know, mm-hmm. kind of mix it up a little bit, make it make it more enticing for you to put your money. Keep it into. fresh, yeah, and bring if, you some new content. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, and thank you to everybody that's already doing that. We we really appreciate yes, thank you. you so much, uh, Chris. Can you catch us up with what's been happening with season seven? I'm, I am told yeah. <laughs> I got a report. Oh. A little bird told yeah. me that we are okay. we are about to experience a pre written summary road so far from that's so crazy that's so crazy because i pre-write them for every episode of this podcast so i don't really know what you're talking about but maybe this um, maybe this bird has been lying to me (laughs) maybe this bird's been lying last time on supernatural uh just as the hunt for the leviathans was picking up speed frank's frank excuse me dean's hacker friend you know frank frank devereux Mm -hmm. uh he is seemingly killed by the leviathans adding him to season seven's body count on top of cass and bobby uh the latter of whom Seems like he could be haunting our hunks. Uh, no confirmation on that thus far, though. Uh, meanwhile, the Lucifer presence in Sam's head is getting more and more out of control. And Jeremy, if it keeps on running, the levee's going to break. Oh, I like what you did there, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. You guys ever heard of a band called uh, Led Zeppelin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have heard of a band <laughs> called Led Zeppelin, man. I'm all into it. I'm like fucking Brock Sampson about Led Zeppelin over here. I've got that weird Icarus <laughs> tattoo on my shoulder. That, yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I like that when the levee breaks. Yeah, this is uh, the, the episode we're covering is called um, The Born Again Identity. It was written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Robert Singer. So you know you're in for some shit when you see those two mm-hmm. names side by side. This aired on March 23rd of 2012. 
uh, Lucifer drives Sam to the breaking point and Sam ends up in a mental hospital. Desperate to save his brother, Dean calls every hunter he knows for help. One of the hunters gives him the name of a healer who turned out to have a very familiar face. Hmm. Hmm. Thankfully, uh, Dean doesn't know that many hunters because they're all dead. So it was a short list of numbers he had to call. It's like three names. Yeah. <laughs> Two of which were disconnected. Like the numbers didn't yeah. work anymore. Four or five of them were uh, just Bobby's defunct numbers. <laughs> Different phone numbers one, to Bobby. One of, his, one of them was his own number. So if we have we have this working theory that uh, you know Sam didn't actually go to Stanford, he went to Smamford because it was an mm-hmm. elaborate plot of his of his father to mm-hmm. allow him to think that he had independence, where he's actually instead of learning how to do you know the law, he was learning how to do hunter sure. things. Uh, do you think Bobby law. pretended that to be like pen pals with somebody with Dean? Like, do you think Dean had a school friend that he was writing to every <laughs> week that was just Uncle Bobby? It was just Bobby. Yeah, that's why they were so close. That's why they had such a nice connection. (laughs) They just didn't realize it. So when Bobby passed away, Dean literally lost all of the friends that he ever didn't even know that he had. His pen pal stopped writing back and he has (laughs) no idea why. why. He wrote him about his friend Bobby dying and nobody responded. (laughs) So frustrating. Oh, God. Poor Dean Winchester. Uh, Just because you mentioned it in your uh, extremely well-written road so far, I want to just kind of just mentioned right off the top this episode does not deal with anything with frank uh so like we don't get confirmation that no. he's dead that's why i said he was seemingly dead we yeah don't we know. don't we don't we have no idea what happened to that guy and i don't even think that they mentioned his name in this episode it, it kind of strikes me like that they left one off they, they, it feels like this was almost a reshuffling of some kind um mm-hmm. because they definitely mm-hmm. wanted to put this episode here uh but maybe they had set up something that and they didn't weren't aware of it previously because we're not going to deal with any frank stuff which i'm fine with i don't i don't need any more frank in my life right now to, to be frank with you wow <laughs> they they don't want to uh, overwhelm the viewer with uh details about people who aren't in the episode so mm-hmm. they uh they stick to the facts on this one so our our then statement is basically, or excuse me, our then segment is basically, uh, Sam just has a bad head, right? Like he's just in a bad mm-hmm. way. He's he's not been doing mm-hmm. great. It also reminds us that uh, our friend Castiel exists. So that's nice. Shout um, out. And then uh, we go jump into the episode, and uh, immediately uh, we can tell that it is giant lumbering Sam running down these train tracks. They, the, yeah. cam- the camera tried it does this like clever thing of not showing his face for the first 30 45 seconds but it's a giant <laughs> he's so yeah, enormous there are few other actors in the vancouver area who are 100 feet tall so yeah it's, and it's and, a dead giveaway and they are all working for sam winchester as sam, stunt doubles yeah as sam yeah, doubles yeah. is all i like to call them um but yeah he's he's running down this this train track he's running through like back alleys and we, we quickly learn sam has been up for five days and he is basically just being tormented by lucifer um and now he's probably having like the the side effects of sleep deprivation and hallucinating in that way uh and so we don't really know where he came from where he's like where he was going to we just get him running and uh he runs down this back alley and he runs into what looks like a like a drug deal and um as he starts to kind of like you know he freaks out he's like hey whatever just leave me alone like i just need to like sleep he, he sits there in this alley and this drug dealer comes up to Sam and he's like, listen, bro, if you need to go to sleep, I could hook you up. And <laughs> it's like, it's, it's real interesting. Uh, Cause from what I can tell, like they just like go off into this dude's car 
and do some drugs and to fall asleep. The way that uh, uh, this this is shot, and they don't show anything, obviously, because it's CW, and like they're going to shy away from doing you know hardcore drugs or their main mm-hmm. characters doing hardcore drugs. But it's definitely shot to imply that he injected himself with a stranger's heroin, right? Because the yeah, de- I don't know. The dealer is sitting <laughs> in the passenger side of the car, like on a nod, like every single mm-hmm. thing that I've ever seen to describe people on heroin or people actually on heroin in real life looks like that dude did in the side of the car. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work on Sam, obviously, because he is, I guess, Lucifer his, or his mental... His body's pro- too big. <laughs> he's just too, he didn't take enough heroin. He needed twice the dosage. <laughs> yeah. Um, whether or not Lucifer, like the the angel himself, is actually inside of Sam, I think doesn't even matter because there is seemingly some sort of uh, hell magic in Sam's head. Uh, cause I think it is, I don't like, I think we've, we've kind of agreed that it's not actually Lucifer in his head, but there is something a little bit more like, this isn't like trauma from a real world event. This is trauma from being in the worst corner of hell, literally. Uh, so it seems like there is some magic hokey pokey stuff attached onto it. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the drugs don't work. Sam is back up. Lucifer wakes him up again. He and throws he starts a, talking. Lucifer throws a pipe through the windshield, and I just, I don't, yeah. like, it's just a very final destination kind of thing, and I don't, yeah. <laughs> it was very funny to me. Uh, he starts talking about how, like, a normal human will die of sleep deprivation after, like, seven days, I think. Uh, and he says to Sam, like, hey, you always wanted to be normal, Sam. Uh, if you are, then you'll be dead in a week. Like, no sweat. <laughs> like, uh, if you if you go seven days, or however long it is, I don't remember what he said. If you go that long without sleeping, you'll die, and that will prove to everybody that you're just a normal boy, so good for you. Uh, and as Sam is trying to, like, get away from this, get away from Lucifer, he steps out, and he just gets fucking nailed by a car. Um, thankfully, again, he's so large that he's just a hundred percent fine yeah he he he. the car is crumpled sam stands strong he just, just stands yeah. there while the car crumbles around him as if he were superman or something uh i, I, I want to shout it out early because i'm not going to do it every single time that we uh talk about lucifer in this episode but mark pellegrino is an extremely great and terrifying and evil maniacal lucifer in this episode mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. wish that dude was a better person um, but, but man, he is throughout this episode. He just continually tortures Sam uh, and is very, very good at it. Um, yeah. He plays a despicable asshole so well that you might think that he knows something about being a despicable asshole. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he's uh, these these scenes are really powerful and they really they really work. I think this episode does handles this stuff exactly how I think we needed it to be handled. We only saw it what, three or four times throughout the season, but I think that that makes this stand out even more. Um, and going from that, so Sam's been hospitalized. We pick up with Dean kind of barging into the hospital, demanding to speak to the doctor. Uh, and Dean quickly learns that Sam, yeah, he's okay, but he's been moved to the psych ward because he is not okay. He's not acting rationally. Um, he's not behaving rationally. And despite all the sedatives that they're giving him, he's not falling asleep. Yeah, he's, he refuses to go to sleep. Uh they they take Dean back to where you know to Sam's room and like let him visit Sam, which having um having had the unfortunate times of having some friends in some situations like this, um like they, they would never ever 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 happen. Like they were gonna make you wait yeah. till an appropriate time and then meet in a public place that's monitored by all. I mean, and I know it's a TV show, but like they're trying to mm-hmm. lean on this mental illness metaphor so hard that when they miss the mark on it, uh, for just for you know narrative simplicity, it it really kind of sticks out to me. Yeah, this Sam has so much freedom. Uh, I don't, 
I don't know. It just it does seem like there would be a little bit more of uh, supervision going on here. Uh, in my experience, having to to do like one to one sitting with people at a hospital, it wasn't at a psych facility, um, but there at twenty four hours a day. All, all the time, somebody had to be sitting there watching with anybody who was at risk. Obviously, if you are taking up a somewhat permanent residence at a place, I imagine there's not 24-hour supervision. I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, it def- it definitely seems a little it seems a little lax here. Yeah. Uh, but that's fine. We're just we'll just move past it, like you said, for narrative simplicity. Um, Dean is there because he's he, he you know he's obviously there to speak to Sam, but um, he does his Dean thing, which is try to get come in and fix a situation uh, mm-hmm. with that. Without really kind of any mindfulness about, you know, we've we've seen people question like uh, the guy from Repo Man. You know, nobody asked you to come save me. <laughs> like, you know, why did yeah, you have to do yeah, this? Yeah. This is a classic Dean move to basically tell Sam like, I'm going to fix this. We're going to figure something out. You know, I'm going to find a healer. I'm going to do this. And Sam yeah. kind of has a, a resigned, um, you know, what's the word that I'm looking for? Kind of passiveness about all this. He's like, well, I'm mm-hmm. just. I'm gonna die, Dean. Like I'm, I'm like we knew that this was a p- possibility. The last healer we we were found was had a reaper on a leash. Like that's not fun. Like yeah. we're not gonna do that again. And I'm, I'm obviously I obviously can't kick this. We've tried everything else. You're going to fail, and I'm going to die, which really pisses mm-hmm. Dean off. And I, I understand that. Like it's 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 really hard to see a family member suffering like this and not mm-hmm. to um and for them to accept it and to not to want to do anything about it yeah even when when dean is like getting pissed at sam sam is just literally too tired yep like just he's, he's exhausted beyond the point of it maybe if he had a little bit of energy he'd be like okay let's fight this but he is so tired that it just seems like he does not care if he dies he just wants to not have to be awake anymore which is very sad agreed um, Dean storms out after this conversation, being frustrated with you know his brother's kind of just lackadaisical attitude. Even though the dude is just exhausted, Dean like have have a little got a little bit of drip of empathy, <laughs> just a little bit is all we're looking for, just a touch. Uh, th- then we get this like kind of montage where we cut back and forth to the brothers as they go through their days. Uh, Dean is calling, is going through a list in Bobby's appointment book um, or a phone number book, trying to call hunters, trying to call in favors, trying to do whatever he can. And meanwhile, Sam is, uh, you know, getting served pills and uh, going through just basically a a day in the life. Right. Uh, And it's kind of interesting. And at the end of it, Dean, uh, a, one of Dean's books is knocked over. Uh, as Dean yeah. is, of course, getting a beer. <laughs> Some <laughs> ghostly action while Dean's getting a beer. A little bit of ghost action. As, mm-hmm. That's Honestly, that's kind of like the synopsis for Supernatural. Ghostly action while Dean gets a beer. Sure. Uh, yeah. That's the show, everybody. Yeah, that's the show. <laughs> Why have we recorded um, 70 million hours of podcast about it if that's just what the show it's is? Like, <laughs> it's like that show Ghost Hunter, except everybody's drunk. Um, <laughs> God, I would 100% be more willing to watch Ghost Hunter yeah. if everybody was drunk. So, so much better. Um, <laughs> it's so much better, especially if one guy had to stay sober the entire time. It was yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to herd the drunk cats into chasing a ghost. <laughs> Have you ever seen the Nick Kroll skit, um, Ghost Bouncers? It's basically that. Um, anyway, so Ghost Bobby, let's just let's just be real. This is probably Ghost Bobby. He's trying to point Dean in the right direction. And meanwhile, like you said, we get this kind of montage where, where Sam's going through the day-to-day. Throughout all that like mundane hospital life, he's also just seeing Lucifer constantly. He's just yeah. there. He's a constant. He's not letting Sam sleep no matter what happens. Um, so now, now Lucifer's kind of kicking it up a notch. Dean seems like he has a lead, but on Sam's end, um, Lucifer has now taken the form of his doctor, um, which has kind of tricked him into responding again, uh, which means now that he's 
he's even deeper into Sam's psyche. The more that Sam sort of acknowledges him, the harder it is for him to resist him. Uh, and this is where Lucifer points out, like, hey, you're locked in this small room with me, just like when we were in the cage. Uh, and he he just starts taking, like, literally every single aspect of the situation and making it worse for Sam. Like, Sam finally takes a bite out of his sandwich, and it's just it's full of maggots. Yep. Um, and at, at a certain point, it feels like Sam would have been able to say, okay, I'm just seeing this. This is just a regular sandwich. I know it's not full of maggots. But at this point, he's way too exhausted, and he just drops it on the floor. <laughs> it's like, I can't eat this. Yeah, and uh, I think we learned in the last episode that we covered that the, the hand trick isn't working at all. Yeah, um, I had yeah. a very dark thought during this with, with, regarding the hand trick, and I'm glad that the show didn't do it because you shouldn't really glorify self-harm. But I'm, I actually am kind of surprised that Sam didn't get to the point of desperation. Like, let me, you know, cut off a finger and then, you know, jab the wound. Yeah. So Because if pain disrupts this, this presence in my mind, why don't I cause myself more pain? Um, I which, bet that that is something that they would have considered from, like, a writing standpoint. But be, given the target audience and given that it's a CW, probably something that they would want to stay away from. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, I, I don't, and I don't think that stuff like that really, like, at a certain point... Um, you, putting that stuff on the air is kind of glorifying it to a certain audience. Right. So exactly. I don't, I'm not really into that either. Um, and like, we don't need to have a serious conversation about self harm in the middle of a supernatural episode either. Like there's, there's a time and place right. to have that very serious conversation and it's at the end, right before right. a commercial. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I lost my place in the episode. So um, while Sam is having this reaction to his sandwich, some just, little girl wanders in this waif of a teenage girl just wanders into his room like hey huge guy do you want this candy bar and in the entire episode i was just so uncomfortable at how vulnerable the situation was because like they're two unstable people in like a locked environment it just didn't seem healthy mm-hmm. um but she wanders in <laughs> nothing nothing bad happens thankfully she wanders in and offers uh sam a candy bar and i think that um Oh no no, that's later. She she comes in and just kind of sees him freaking out. She sees him uh, freaking and then out it's back. At, at the at the food specifically. So she's mm-hmm. going to come back later mm-hmm. to offer him like sealed food that obviously couldn't be tampered with. Which I thought was like kind of a yeah. a really clever and insightful thing. I just want to mention, by mm-hmm. the way, uh, the the lady that plays this this act this this girl Marin is her name. Uh, the actress is Casey Roll. She was on Hannibal. Uh, and she was she played Margot, and her, uh, she her, played Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, she was she was Hannibal. Uh, but the the scar that's the the wound that's on her neck in this episode of Supernatural is extremely similar to the wound that was on her neck in Hannibal, which doesn't air for oh. a little while. So it's just kind of a weird thing that this chick has like the same wound on her neck every for every TV show that she plays in. Apparently, so maybe it's a real wound. Maybe um, maybe it is. Maybe uh, it's just covering a tattoo that she has. So after after that scene, Dean gets a phone call uh, with from another hunter who said that he heard about a guy who could who could heal anything, and of course he decided to hunt it. Um, he, he he tracked it down. He started looking into it. He went to uh, the, the guy's wife to be able to see like if this dude was real or not. And the wife said, "Just oh, you, you know, you have a, a wound to your eye." And uh, sure enough, the the hunter has only has one eye. Uh, you go to your you know go to your hotel, and he'll come for you. And sure enough, the healer came to the hotel, where, uh, of course, this dude had laid a bunch of traps. The guy walked straight through all of his normal traps, uh, put mm-hmm. his hands on him, and healed him, and fixed his eye. 
So he's telling Dean, yeah. this is the real deal. Like, this actually happened to me. I can confirm it. Of course, I didn't try to gank the dude, uh, which is impressive because I feel like if Sam and Dean had found a real, like, true-to-life healer, they would have immediately tried to kill him for, for something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> despite being wizards or, um, themselves. Like, you know. Yeah, he's, despite being actual <laughs> wizards. Walking around wizards. <laughs> but they definitely would have tried to, to kill whatever it was. Except, I mean, Castiel, I guess, was kind of a... All of the angels were sort of like super healers. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The girl comes back, Marin. She comes back. She gives Sam the the chocolate bar, mm-hmm. and that's sort of their entire interaction. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they're obviously trying to make like kind of weird crazy friends together in the crazy house. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Lucifer scares Sam, and she, he kind of freaks out, which freaks her out uh, in the real world. And so she she runs away and leaves. Um, yeah. So Dean has then has now driven to this healer's house uh he knocks on the door and a man an- answers and he asks for emmanuel which is the the healer's name and uh mm-hmm. and he's looking for daphne because daphne is emmanuel's wife and daphne kind of controls the flow of of sick people to her husband um the man says he's emmanuel and like ask to talk outside on the porch which is always what you should do don't invite strangers into your house i don't yeah, know why people the, invite sam and yeah. dean to their doors all the time and to their house i know they're hunks but still yeah like, calm down you're not getting any but, <laughs> right you're but your daughter was <laughs> your daughter was murdered in this house maybe keep this guy on the porch <laughs> just just whatever the situation is it's always something like that when those AT&T guys came to my house, I didn't invite them in for coffee. I just questioned them in the no. yard and turn, sent them on their way. Uh, yeah. Dean very quickly sees, uh, because the demons are so fucking incompetent at their job, he, he looks over and through just, the window sees he Daphne. He peeks in the window a little bit. <laughs> sees extremely, tied extremely tied up. Extremely bound and gagged in front of the open window. How are you doing this in the living room? Does this house not have a basement or a backyard at the minimum? Draw like, the curtains for Christ's sake. Close the goddamn blinds. Fucking demons. Haven't, <laughs> haven't, haven't been on earth for a hundred years. Don't know what blinds are, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. This, the guy is definitely a demon. Uh, there's a, there's a brief scuffle. Dean stabs him, of course, with yeah, uh, so Ruby's He's knife. obviously, this, this demon is not Emmanuel. He was just pretending. Mm-hmm. Um, he, also says like, "Hey Dean, yeah, Crowley doesn't give a shit to protect you guys anymore. Oh, we yeah. don't know how true this is, mm-hmm. but he he's like, you have not done you you've done dick to dick. Like he, Crowley is protecting you because he wants you to take out the Leviathans, and you have not done that. So I guess it doesn't really matter. You're really really not protected anymore. Um, I mean, Dean very quickly knifes him up, takes him down. No big deal. Um, but then there's Cass." There's Castiel. So he throws this body down the stairs and it just immediately goes to where Emmanuel is walking up. The camera rolls up and reveals that it is Castiel. And of course, Dean is a little taken aback. Uh, Mm -hmm. We go to a, like a brief commercial break and then we come back and uh, Dean has been invited into the house and they have freed Daphne and it becomes very, very clear, very quickly that Castiel uh, has no idea who he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, He tells his wife that he could see the demon's true face, which is a true thing. He got married. Home dude got married. To it's only been a few months. To Daphne, which is going to be what is going on. Which is going to be a significant loose end for me here yeah. in a little while. Yeah, but we're, we're, yeah. we'll get there. Let's um, never address it again. In fact, I'm gonna, I gotta, I'm gonna go to go to this Wikipedia right now and find out if Daphne ever shows up in this in this series again, outside of like there maybe are, um, this scene. Yeah, this is it. I think yeah, there this, are a few yeah. things. I'll just bring, I'll bring it up now because 
I, I've said before, I always liked seeing our hunks through the eyes of other people. And as much as I want Supernatural to retain the core story of following Sam and Dean and Castiel, like our, our, our main crew, that's what I want the show to be about always. When there's, there's a few scenes when it's like Daphne and uh, Emmanuel, who doesn't know he's Castiel, um, when they're talking to Dean and he says something like, oh, you've killed a lot of people, haven't you? Like a guy like you seems like that. It's always that stranger's perspective on our hunks that makes them seem more interesting to me. Like the, mm-hmm. the, we have our certain view. We have our window into the extremely personal business and lives of Sam and Dean. So we know everything about them and how they're feeling. Um, but an outsider's perspective always adds some context to them. Uh, and for like two seconds, like I see Jensen Ackles as a pretty boy all the time. Cause, cause he is, they both are. Uh, and when Emmanuel says this to, to Dean, I suddenly saw Dean in a way different light for like half a second. I saw Jensen Ackles and Dean as, as the character he really is, as this dirty beat up hardcore badass character not that i don't always think that of him but you know what i mean like it's easy to just take it for granted because our boys are so pretty all the time uh and i just i read it this certain way and i was like yeah damn like this dude's this dude's a badass uh and i think a lot of people probably see them this this way all the time but i guess i've become so accustomed to them that it's like take it for granted i guess the way that these characters actually are in this story sure um which sometimes makes me think to make it to get to my point, to make me wish that we did have side stories. Do we did have a little bit more of a a, a widespread cast where where certain stories are going in, and maybe Dean and Sam intersect those stories in different ways? I don't know. Uh, I just always think it's interesting to see the boys from different perspectives. Yeah, I'm I'm with you because I mean this is a guy that, uh, and we've seen the boys do this. Like he's not really, he's not pulling punches per se like he's not explaining everything but he's also he's not in uh you know charming dean mode either i mean he's coming in right. he's, he came in he killed a man um and a demon and you know now he's in the middle of the situation and he very quickly explains to them like hey that was a demon you guys aren't safe uh we need to get out of here and you need to save my brother like he's not he's there's he's not putting any brakes on this so i imagine this poor woman who literally found her husband on the side of a river somewhere <laughs> thanks thanks daphne who we will literally never ever (laughs) see again bye daph um yep see ya uh you know it has to she has to be kind of overwhelmed by dean to to some extent i agree with you uh Mm -hmm. so emmanuel definitely has like some some special gifts and but has no no capacity to understand that he's castiel and dean makes the decision now to just roll with this which i think is uh something that like this is Dean not dealing with his grief at Castiel. Yep. <laughs> uh, Ex- just, extremely bottling up all of his feelings, which he's so good at that he doesn't even have to try. <laughs> didn't even didn't even occur to him to go the other way probably, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is mm-hmm. this is the Dean that is like I have to save my brother. Uh the only person that could possibly do it right this situation is Castiel. So here's Castiel somehow. I can't deal with any of these emotions. I can't deal with you know any of this right now. I'm just I have to save Sam. Like he's kind of back on that one track mind where mm-hmm. we've seen him make some some pretty hard decisions and always comes out choosing favoring Sam over anybody else. So he's basically yeah. going to use Emmanuel slash Castiel to heal Sam and not fill him in on what's going on. And yeah, it's it's easy to forget that they left on really bad terms. 
uh, in the end of season 16 in Castiel, Dean was just, he felt completely betrayed. And I took that for granted while watching this episode where I was like, oh, he's happy the cast is, is back, right? But he doesn't know if he's, and I'm like, as, as they were talking, it's like, oh, okay, I guess the team doesn't really perceive it that way. He's still feeling kind of bitter about everything that happened. Uh, and, it's, yeah, the conversation that I they have in the car, I think, is very illuminating. Uh, we, we do get a brief <laughs> scene of like Sam learning more about the redhead while Lucifer throws fireworks at him, which has got to be really annoying. But the the car scene, we have left Daphne. Daphne has stayed at home. <laughs> I don't think that we yeah. see Daphne ever again, so I'm just going to stop nope. talking about her. But her husband gets in a car with this strange man and leaves. They get into the Impala and leaves, and she never sees him again. I would very much like to hear that, finish that story in a comic book one day. Somebody, somebody at me with that story. <laughs> anyway, uh, the conversation that Dean and Castiel have in this car, Dean is extremely frustrated. You know, he's, he's very hurt. Like, the stuff that Castiel did... And he even like it, it slips out and he calls him Kaz and you know Emmanuel is like oh is your friend's named Castiel or Kaz mm-hmm. that's that's a really weird name which it's it's not that weird come on come it's on not that weird. come on Emmanuel give dial come it down on, a little writers. bit <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know Dean having this kind of repressed repressed anger of everything that Castiel did and still blaming him while also mourning yeah. the loss of his friend slash someone did this interest. to him dude yeah. broke my brother's head he just starts like. Halfway through the conversation, he, like, starts getting pissed. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you do that? Like, do you have conversations where somebody asks you, well, what happened with this thing? And, like, midway through, you find yourself getting heated just because yeah. you're telling the story? Yeah. Autumn has a – Autumn can look at me. She goes, Derby, okay, calm down. I'm, you're just telling me about it. Like, I'm like, no, but, I, but yeah. you don't understand. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yep. I do the exact same thing. Uh, but Dean says he used to be able to shake this stuff off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what Cass did, can't shake that off. Uh, and and Emmanuel says, "You're not a machine, Dean. You're human." And it's like, "Wow, that's rich coming from you, man." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Robot over here. <laughs> beep boop beep boop. Yeah. Um, we also while that's also, happening. Uh, real quick, we we hear the story of like how he f- hooked up with Daphne, which was he wandered out of oh, a river yeah. naked, and Daphne found him and gave him clothing, and Typical. then said, "I'm this is the love of my life. I'm going to marry this man." <laughs> they yep. went to Las Vegas and had a shotgun wedding. Interesting. They spent two weeks yep. there and won two thousand. I'm reading. I'm writing a little bit into this. I don't know if you can tell. I'm inventing yep. some details, yep. but yeah, it was a very great time in Vegas. It was a good honeymoon, and then they came back and started a little <laughs> little faith healing club. So just chilling out mm-hmm. um but yeah back at uh back at sam's place he's uh he's still being tortured lucifer says that uh something along the lines of like it's hard to believe that you were the guy who once saved the world it's just mm-hmm. really rubbing salt in the wound um but the the girl uh Marin, is that her name yes she comes back she's got another candy bar and she reveals to sam basically or, or he kind of identifies that she she was suicidal um but not because of nothing, it's she has been um, haunted by the ghost of her brother. She's been hearing his voice. Um, Sam says something about like, "Oh, is that why you started the fire?" Like he's he's on a hunt here. He's looked at her. He sees burns, and he's like, "Okay, so there was some sort of fire involved in your stay here." Uh, I think maybe one of the orderlies had mentioned a fire at some point too. Yeah, maybe or something. Um, I mean, 
Yeah. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Sam's just ident- he's doing hunter stuff. Um but she she kind of <laughs> says like yeah, for I, hunter vision. <laughs> yeah. She keeps hearing the voice of her of her dead brother and he is telling her to kill herself to join him. And after this I was like, okay, this is much like a case we had in like season 2 or 3. Um but I also start oh season 1 actually because I think that they uh John no, it's season two. it doesn't matter. Sorry. Anyway, um <laughs> I thought this whole time that it was just going to be revealed to be a big hallucination by Lucifer, that he was just making Sam believe that he was going to help somebody, but really he was just, you know, fucking around doing nothing. Uh, but that's not the case. Spoilers. He just like has a mini hunt while he's here to yeah. show that I, I don't know, it's to, to give Sam some credit so he's not just laying in bed suffering. <laughs> I mean, it definitely shows that... Uh you know, it shows the resolve that Sam has. I think one of the things that the this season of Supernatural has showed us is that uh, where Dean will kind of fall down into a, a well of self pitying and not giving a shit about the job, Sam does the opposite thing. The worse his life gets, the the more he throws himself into the professionalism of the job itself, and not the big job. Like he he's not. I mean, he would like to go after the Leviathans. He would like to go after some of the bigger people. But in the meantime, like, here's a here's a lonely girl that's in a mental ward because her her dead brother is haunting her in her head, and that's not fair. Mm-hmm. That's not right. So that right. that sense of rightness that Sam has rears its ugly head again, and it's like I'm going to hunt this ghost, and I'm going to save this person, and this is going to be the family business. And I, mm-hmm. it's something that I respect out of Sam a lot, and it's not something that I think was necessarily there up until the he got kind of reunited with his soul uh yeah i, mean, I think he always had a, a desire to be right or to help people but i think it was tempered by you know oh i'm we're, we've got to go for like a bigger plot more or less like we've got to stop mm-hmm. at the evil at its source or, or what have you whereas yeah, now it's, it's like the, the everyday evil is what is what keeps this man running it keeps him ticking it's almost like the the whole leviathan thing like the main plot it's almost too much for same to cope with uh he's been experiencing this this trauma, this Lucifer in his head this whole time. And it's like, really has been Dean who is just, he's on the Leviathan track. Uh, they took Castiel and they took Bobby and, and Dean took both of those things personally. And it's not as if Sam wasn't close to them. Obviously the relationship with Castiel was different, but it's almost as if he, that's almost too big for Sam. And in the meantime, he can't just chill out. He can't just focus on, on let's see if we can eventually find Dick by, uh, doing this research or whatever it's like he needs to be working and he needs to keep his brain active and he needs to mm-hmm. keep coping so it's been i need to do the job maybe the leviathans is a little bit too big but let me just keep doing all these other things keep doing the family business keep trying to impose my rightness upon the world <laughs> keep some drive you know to, to keep them going um so there's a couple of things that we missed uh, that I, I want to talk about uh, that I just, we'd have to mention before we before we forget mm-hmm. it. And the uh, in the car ride over to the hospital, Dean uh, asked uh, Emmanuel where he got his name, and Emmanuel responded at bouncingbabynames.com, which unfortunately is <laughs> is not a real website because <laughs> I, I went I just went and looked, and it's not a real website. Um, and also, as he's describing his life, Emmanuel you know, tells Dean like, this is a good, simple life. And I like the, I like the life if I have, and, uh, you know, I've, it's a good life. And Dean asked him, well, what if, what if you were a bad guy? Like, what if you were a bad guy and you just didn't know it? Um, obviously implying, you know, hey, we're probably going to figure out that Kaz is probably going to figure out that Kaz yeah. is Kaz at some point in this episode. Well, right. Cause he, <laughs> he can't remember anything before he was, 
found in the river a couple of months ago. So, <laughs> also when uh, before we get the full revelation about uh, Marin's problem with her brother, she asks him like. She says, basically says, like, I heard you hear voices all the time. He said, no, it's just, it's just one voice, she, one voice, but it's, it's pretty bad. She's like, what is it, Charles, uh, Charles Manson or Satan? And he's like, actually, actually, it is yeah, kind of Satan, kind of, kind of that, yeah. <laughs> Which is his kind of tired, like, eyebrow scrunched up, like, yeah, like I know it sounds crazy, <laughs> but we're literally in a mental world right now. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm, know what to say. Mm-hmm. Was really, it, it was extremely satisfying to me. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good uh, content in this episode, but yeah. So Dean and Emmanuel they're they're heading off to to the hospital to find Sam. Uh, before they do that, uh, Dean stops at a like convenience store gas station to to fuel up, and he goes into the store looking for whatever it is. Uh, and he starts to notice there's some suspicious activity going on here, and he gets attacked by demons. <laughs> Yeah, demons are kind of hot on his trail, uh, which you might imagine because, you know, they have a, if the demons have found out that an angel is back and doesn't remember all of its angel powers, like maybe that's something that can be exploited for, for demon mm-hmm. calls. Uh, he very quickly kills the one demon, but is then confronted by two other, or th- maybe three other demons. And uh, yeah, he is just, he's just thrown to the floor. Like we kind of feel like, you're, you know... Dean Winchester is about to die with, at the hands of these like shitty demons when somebody comes in uh, and saves him. And I really thought this was going to be Castiel because I don't I didn't really remember like the particulars of this episode very well. Uh, yeah, I thought this would be like the moment, like oh, it's a moment of danger for his his best friend slash uh, relationship interest. So he's going to remember everything <laughs> all at once. But no surprise, it's Meg the demon <laughs> who has shown back up. Yeah, uh, grabbed the knife that that Dean dropped in the fight, and then uh, you know exercised one and then killed the other demon. I was pretty surprised to see her again. Yeah. And, and she's there to, to help them out, which of course Dean immediately does not want to do. And before we get into the serious part of the conversation, I just want to make note. If you uh, ever want to know what kind of guy Dean Winchester is uh, after basically kidnapping a uh, angel with amnesia from his, his loving wife and driving him across the country to go save his brother. Uh, and then he gets attacked along the way by three demons, and he gets confronted by a demon from his past. D- Dean Winchester does not ask many questions. He just starts filling his pockets full of like candy and food because he knows yeah. he's going to need it later. <laughs> Throughout this entire he's like, conversation, he's just like putting Pringles in his like the inside of his jacket, man. <laughs> like he's just loading up on snacks, and I lo- fucking he knows love he's going to need those he's snacks. Gonna, he's going to need some energy. He's going to need carbs. Got to carb up. <laughs> he's not a fool. This is why he pulled over to begin with. <laughs> cracked me up no do not give any shits about cameras or anything like that just like i'm gonna steal all this food it's very similar <laughs> to the first time that castiel ever makes contact with him after he climbs uh Dean climbs yeah, out of hell. he goes to that convenience store and he's just like whatever man i'm just loading up he takes his snacks and his porno mags and he's ready to he's go ready to ride uh meg is here for um Castiel. So Meg wants to. Yeah, she's just here for vague reasons. Yeah, she doesn't really spell it out more than, uh, "Hey, I." I think she says it's cold out here. There is a bounty on my ass, and I need friends. And Dean mm-hmm. basically says, "Well, that's that's not us. Like you may need friends, but that we've never been that." Um, and he's very standoffish at first, but she finally convinces him, like, "Hey, you obviously need help. Your your brother's out of commission. Somebody's got to watch your back. And you know, I know what you have out there, even if he doesn't know what he is out there." Um, 
And she also does a, a whole lot of teasing about Castiel because she is super mm-hmm. horny for Castiel every time they're yeah. on the screen together. <laughs> I'd kind of, it's, I didn't think it was about Supernatural that I remembered real well, but I, th- I think it's only because it's just these two scenes. Like we, earlier in the season, we saw this, yeah. um, or was it last season that we saw that? It was last season where they, like, they smooch. Yeah, where she, 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 she planted one on him. Uh, and then, and then th- throughout this episode, she's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's good. Uh, meanwhile, Sam is uh, on the hunt. <laughs> he, um, he's like, okay, so you're not just uh, suffering from any sort of real life uh, mental illness or trauma. Uh, it's a ghost thing, and I know it is. So give me that bracelet of yours because it belonged to your brother. And then, like, a few minutes later, they're just, like, doing a ghost ritual with salt. Yep. And, uh, He's uh he he pours a circle of salt uh, a very tiny circle of salt that he like scrounges up <laughs> the from tiniest circle. She has stolen a cigarette lighter, uh, and so as soon as they pour the salt, the the brother shows up. Uh, the ghost brother shows up, and he lights it on fire. And uh, but not before the ghost like trashes the room a little bit, throws some stuff around. But it's, of course, the ghost burns up because he he burnt the remains. Uh, Marin kind of freaks out about all of this, and he and, and Sam just says like, "You need to go." So she jets. And then the orderlies show up and, of course, kind of manhandle Sam because he demolished this entire room for no reason. Yeah, uh, this room is uh, it's pretty, it's in, it's been in better shape, put it that way. I uh, I, I was kind of with you on thinking that Marin would be an hallucination. Like, I think that'd be a pretty clever thing for, uh, you know, head Lucifer to, to fuck with Sam about. Uh, the this, this doesn't necessarily feel like padding to me, but I'm kind of having... A hard time figuring out why they put this little girl here. Like, is it just to establish that, like, not uh, <laughs> not all crazy people are actually crazy? I, is that the I don't know? It was, just, it was just. I think it was just to give Sam something to do, so that we could still like root for Sam to be like doing his best in a hard situation. Because otherwise, he would just be in bed all day. <laughs> I mean, I know I said all that stuff about him like wanting to help people and everything, but and I'm, I'm and I still believe that it just it feels like this is a already pretty crowded episode with you know people recovering memories and like we're gonna have a whole action scene here, which is kind of unusual for for our main character. But uh, it's. It, it, it's, it's, but it doesn't last very long. Like it's, it's a very brief relationship, and then he like saves this girl, and then just goes right back to you know being tortured by Lucifer. Like just really sad in a way. Like great, yeah. great for Marin. Like Marin got a freebie out of this whole thing. Like she, yeah, she didn't happen to be stuck in the, inside with a hunter. She'd be you know for the next sixty years she'd be dealing with this bullshit. But uh, yeah, I uh, there's I don't think there's anything deeper to it. It's just for Sam to be doing an action to for us Sam fans to be like you go. You go, Sam. You do that thing. Because uh, even I was kind of like, eh, is it kind of shitty to just say like mental illness is like actually just ghosts? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that they couldn't be doing that, but they, they have kind of, <laughs> they've kind of like fainted in. Do you remember that the episode where they had to check themselves into the mental institution to save that hunter mm-hmm. guy? Like they've, they've kind of fainted mm-hmm. towards this a couple of times, which I I don't particularly like. Um Anyway, we go back to uh, Dean and his his camaraderie <laughs> that he's got growing with him, his entourage. Uh, everybody is very awkwardly silent uh, as Megs is in the back seat, <laughs> Cass is in the passenger seat, to the point where uh, Cassiel like comments on it. It's like this is extremely uncomfortable. And uh, Dean's I don't remember exactly what what Dean says here. I didn't write it down. I forgot to. But Dean makes like a comment, and Cassiel takes it very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Meg says like Dean is making a joke and Castiel goes oh ha ha ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I 
punches. Like even good. even without all of his memories, it's just it's one of those like oh my god, like it's just a pure Castiel moment of like Dean is making a joke. Oh, I must laugh at that yeah. joke. Like it's a it's a fucking flowchart in his head. <laughs> uh, so we get to we get to the hospital right, and then we've learned earlier in this episode that that Cass can see the demon's true faces yep. which is a concept we haven't dealt with in in quite a while um but he can see the demon's true faces and he we get to the hospital he sees like the guards out front and he's like okay yeah those are all demons hey dean i'm that castiel guy you were talking about aren't i yeah he uh the the way this plays out meg basically is is meg is on is, is trying to get castiel to remember she's making all these kind of comments Dean drags her to the side and like says some shit. And of course, because they're standing in the open air, six feet away from each other, uh, Emmanuel hears this. And then, yeah, they tell him like, absolutely. You're Castiel. You're an angel. You have the power to wipe all these demons out. You should just go down there and, and do it. And, uh, yeah. And there's just, just like montage of him smiting demons and like having flashbacks to all of his memories to this, like kind of cool song. It's, he's just, he's just, it's a, like, it's an action scene. Did you happen to... to it's an emotional action scene. The uh, the wiki doesn't list it. Did you happen to catch the song, by the way? I don't know what song it was. I'd, I'd never heard it yeah, before. Yeah, it was really good. I, I enjoyed the song a lot, but I, for, I didn't see where see what it was, and I forgot to Shazam it, so I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I like... Oh, there's a couple of things I like about this scene. It's it's very cool. Let me say this right off the bat. The, the way the music's set, the way that he's going through and just teleporting around essentially and exercising these demons one by one is extremely satisfying. Uh, I texted you as I was watching it. I was like, it's so much fun seeing Castiel be a badass. Like we don't, yeah, we've seen him be powerful and, uh, and a force to be reckoned with, but like, this is such, such a cool moment for Castiel. Like this is so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, when he first walks up there, uh, because they basically just tell him like, walk down there. It's, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> Castiel's like, I don't, I don't know how to do that either. <laughs> <laughs> Dean's face to that response is extremely good, by the way. Uh, but he walks down into the first demon. He just walks up and he just like kind of swats his chest with his hand. <laughs> like it's really cute. Like he doesn't really remember what's going on. And then yeah, Castiel's kind of back to being Castiel. He's remembered everything after his cool smiting montage. He's just got it all back. What do you think about this memory scene? By the way, I thought it was fine. I thought it was okay. Uh, I want to I want to shout out one of our listeners. We we talk about her a lot. Niz, um, on the day that we're recording this, I think that it's her birthday. By the way, or it's the, or it's tomorrow. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, happy birthday to Niz. Happy birthday. We were we were happen to be talking about this episode in our in our Patreon Discord. That's patreon.com slash monster of the week if you want to get access to that. Uh, and she just asked a very simple question that cracked me the hell up, which was, "Can you believe that Castiel is thousands of years old, but when he regains his memories, like ninety percent of them are Dean?" <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't see any montage about like him coming to life or seeing heaven for the first time or anything like yeah. that. It's all Dean Winchester. <laughs> And she also she also pointed out that that Dean is we're going to see in a minute. He hung on to Castiel's coat, which apparently Jensen was like, no, Dean wouldn't do that. But the writers kept it in. Uh, I feel like Dean definitely wouldn't do that, considering he took his own necklace that Sam gave him that he wore for five seasons and threw it in the trash. It feels like this dirty, bloody trench coat would have been too painful for Dean, and he would have been like, I'm getting rid of this. Um, but he he. Not only did he keep it, but he took it from uh, stolen car to stolen car over the last six months. Yeah, I. Uh, so when when the montage is done, he comes back up and, and Dean gives him this this thing, and they and they obviously there's a lot of like real uh, real long stares at one another as they kind of try to figure out how to talk to each other. Um, uh, it's 
it's it's <laughs> it's a very weird conversation to have. And then this trench coat thing, I find really strange as well. Like they're obviously in the Impala at this point, so like you could make an argument that maybe he just kept it in the Impala. Are they in the Impala? I thought they were just in a black car. Oh, I thought they were in the Impala at this point. I'm, I didn't, I, but maybe. Because they haven't been in the Apollo this entire season since they met up with Frank that first time. But no, I think that we would know if they were back in it because they'd make a big deal out of it. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. So like, this can't even be. I was thinking like maybe he just left it in the Apollo and this was the first time he was using the Apollo or whatever. So it just was happened to be there. But nope, he's literally been taking this from car to car to car with him. So that's. Do you think that he moves his entire like cool, uh, hunter trunk from from ride to ride as well? Like that's got to be fucking I exhausting. Mean, maybe. He's going to have, like, the to-go version of it, uh, yeah. the light version. The prepper bag uh, version of, of the Dean what's, killing box. What's interesting is, before Dean hands it back, Castiel, he's not... He's acting like Dean right now. <laughs> he says that he deserved to die for what he did, mm-hmm. um, for breaking Sam, for letting the Leviathans out. And he also says, I can't fix it, so why did I walk out of that river? He's, I think he feels like he can't fix his relationship with Dean and Sam, uh, and he also feels like he can't fix the situation with the Leviathans. It's kind of a very defeated Cass. Even though he's just regained all of this this power and and these memories, he, he's not really feeling too great, and that's when, when Dean takes out the trench coat and hands it to him, and it really is this sort of the symbol of everything he was uh, and their friendship. Even if things aren't fully repaired, it's still... Uh, a nice token even again doesn't make a whole lot of sense i don't feel like dean would probably hang on to it given the circumstances um but it is it is a nice token of friendship that's says you know there is something even if it's a little bit broken right now you're still you're castiel yeah um meanwhile (laughs) sam is being like given electroshock therapy by a demon nurse and it's just a whole bag of trouble (laughs) it's a whole thing yeah this entire time uh we we haven't flashed back to it i think because it's getting getting this dean and castiel stuff out i think is more important at this point but yeah the the doctor has told him that um like the admitting doctor has told him like they have to explore some surgical options and he keeps turning from the doctor into lucifer uh but then he's wheeled into this room by a what we saw was a friendly nurse earlier and is now turned into a demon nurse and is going to apply electroshock therapy to him and when you know obviously sam has gone through a lot of shit he can tolerate a lot of pain so the the demon nurse like cranks it up and was like you know you're you're meat if you're meat we can cook you and it's like trying to crank it crank it up and of course castiel shows up and kills him and saves sam but sam yeah still thinks even that is a hallucination like he's he's not good and then when he tries to, he puts his hand on Sam and he tries to fix him and he literally can't, like, he only can see Lucifer. And I think it's like, it's, Cass does a better job of communicating to Dean how awful it is than Sam was ever able to. Uh, because he, he touches Sam and he's just like, holy motherfucking shit, this can't be fixed. Like, I, an angel of the Lord cannot fix this because that's how fucked up his brain is right now. Yep. Um... And and he's I think he says Sam is is crumbled and he he can't be fixed, but crumbled and then he may the, be able uh, to... the bricks were stomped to dust, which is like is a really mm-hmm. like extended metaphor for this wall thing. Like okay guys, we get it, it's a wall, we get it, and it's broken. Yeah. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to like what what is being crushed to dust in this metaphor? Like what is the actual thing that you're talking about that's being crushed to dust? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sam's brain, uh, Sam's 
just everything. I don't know. But yeah, he says he can't fix it, but he can shift it or he can try to. And he can take on what's inside of Sam, the the pain that's inside of him, the Lucifer, like, hell magic that's in his brain. Because again, don't think it's really Lucifer, but I'm just going to keep calling it hell magic because sure. it just makes sense. Uh, and, and I think it is easier for, to forget because I totally forgot that the wall was put up. Sam was told not to scratch it, but he was mostly okay. And then Castiel broke the wall as a way to keep Sam and Dean away from him so he could go and he could do his master plan that failed anyway. Um, so it it is sort of him making right on, on what he did. Just like how Sam had to jump into hell and lock Lucifer in the cage to make up for the fact that he set Lucifer free. Not that I think that what Castiel does, like, is is nice. <laughs> like, or it is nice, but I think it's incredibly honorable of Castiel to say, like, I caused this problem. I'm going to make the sacrifice to fix it. I'm sorry. This is my apology to the both of you. I will take on the pain in Sam's head. This is uh, very creepy looking. This is, like, the, mm-hmm. the, the special effect they use is, is really something we have not seen in the show before. Like, these red streaks that, that look like they're running through each other's veins as he takes this inside of himself. Um, it's an extremely selfless, selfless act. Like, he's just, you know, him doing this as a... to make up for all of his past deeds is, is something that I think early season seven, Castiel probably wouldn't have done or would not have even occurred, him, occurred for him to do. Like, I think he had to be separated a little bit. He had to kind of forget for a while and then come back and feel kind of terrible about all the shit that he did. Um, it's interesting, though, uh, and I kind of... Chris, I kind of don't like this, <laughs> like just mechanically. Uh, I, I've spent all of season seven with this Lucifer in Sam's head. I've really liked a lot of the ways that they've handled this. Um, it's not; it never felt like actual Lucifer. Um, it was always like this something in Sam's mind that he had invented, basically, like it was a representation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. all of this bad stuff that he has done, all of this time that he spent in this horrible place, uh, and it was something that he had to come to terms with. Like it was a, it was a very personal thing. So the idea I talked to, I talked a bit, a little bit about this when we started like having souls and stuff like being that currency. Yeah. Um, like once the mechanics of this stuff happen, like it, he's just pulls it out of Sam and then Sam is instantly fine. Um, I mean, obviously he's a little shaken up, but he's, he, he, the hallucinations are gone. Lucifer's gone. He's just mm. a normal boy again. Like that, yeah, that it, happens it becomes- immediately. It becomes magical. Uh, and yeah. just the way that, like, they they even mention it in this episode, how when Sam didn't have a soul, he didn't need to sleep. Why? Yeah. <laughs> sleep sleep is not magical. What is, like, <laughs> it's just, why did he not need to sleep when he didn't have a soul? It doesn't make sense. So it's just, it's just blurring the lines even more. Yeah. But, and it's, um, it's, I think it, I think the, my, my main issue with it, and, and if you disagree, let me know. Like, I'm kind of curious about your opinion on it. Like, it, it's, it it, it kind of cheapens the stuff that I think Sam has been going through a little bit to make this like a magical deal. Like I'm be, mm-hmm. like Sam has been magically mentally torturing himself or this, this power. And then also at the same time, it opens up some really like interesting questions. Like why not put Lucifer? Like if this is a thing, like let's call it, let's call it bad Lucy, right? Like if you can pull bad Lucy out of <laughs> Sam and pull it into yourself, Castiel, can you then push that into say a coma patient? Like, 
could you just keep it in a coma guy for a while or maybe put it in a leviathan could you put it in a leviathan like is it is it something that like is it bigger than a bread box (laughs) like you know what i'm saying weaponized yeah (laughs) exactly like can i make a spaceship out of it i don't know like i don't know what it is (laughs) i very much get what they're trying to do with this whole thing it is it is sort of like hey this is a clean and easy way for castiel to um, fix Sam and redeem himself. I think a lot of fans would probably say Castiel didn't need to redeem himself because they just see him as the precious sweet boy. Um, but I, this kills two birds with one stone. It's just technically, like you're saying, it doesn't really make any sense. It's one of those things that is very narratively satisfying um, and and allows you to get the brothers back again, and which is what I think the writers were really going for in, in all of this. Like it led, allows you to bring back Castiel. I'm just going to hand wave the fact that he just walked out of the river, right? Like we're not even going to really worry about that. Like they just yeah, he walked into that water supply, and I guess the Leviathans didn't kill him. He just yeah, he, was and they, he drained just, of stuff. He got to the bottom, and then he walked for a little ways, yeah. and then he just walked right up the other side. And then there's a woman. It there, was like Daphne. An hour and a half later. <laughs> It, it, I, I do, I do, I do think it it cheapens the, this whole thing. Like it just makes it into a into a like a hot potato almost, as opposed mm-hmm, to like mm-hmm. some mental difficulty that somebody who had been in the literal box with Satan and come out come out of that would feel uh, and would torture themselves about because you can't. I don't feel like that's something that should be easy to shake off. Uh, and not, no. not arguing and whether I, or not but, Sam deserved that because obviously nobody deserves that, but. <laughs> They also made it, I think, worse than they could, like, write themselves out of. Yeah. Um, Meaning, like, Sam could kind of, sort of, totally should be broken forever. Not that I want him to be, but, like, the way that we're looking at it, it doesn't seem like he's going to be okay. Uh, But they they had had to undo it somehow. (laughs) They had to make it better somehow, because they made it so bad that he could never get over it. So, um this is uh they had to come up with some some magical angel stuff and they you know it would have been one thing to even just have castiel heal him but i guess like you said earlier like narratively it would have just been like oh okay we're good again i guess oh believe me i I had the same problem with this a straight healing like i think a straight healing would Mm -hmm. completely undo a lot of the credibility they've earned i think this undoes a lot of the credibility that they've earned with this stuff Mm -hmm. um Again, having just having Castiel be like, okay, I'm just going to take this within me, and now, and and then especially because it's not like it drives him crazy. It's the same brand of crazy. I think that's the other sticking point that I haven't yeah. mentioned is that he starts seeing Lucifer, and Lucifer is like, "Hello, brother. We haven't seen each other in a while." And I'm like, "Wait, you have the same? It's the same problems? <laughs> like, it's not your own? Why wouldn't this be Castiel's guilt? Like, why wouldn't this be Dean torturing Castiel at this point, or, um, or hell, even like, uh." Michael, like, why isn't this like? It, it just seems like if it's actually like a if it's a part of Lucifer, then I I, I like I've liked this a whole lot less in retrospect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I liked it more when it was Sam's personal trauma, and it was yeah. Sam's like we've we've talked about the you know the demon blood in Sam and that sort of thing that he knew was always there, especially in season five when he found out that he was Lucifer's vessel and thinking like, there is something deep down inside me that is this bad, no matter how much good I try to do. And so when Sam comes back up and he's facing his trauma, it's like his own projection of evil coming back at him. Like mm-hmm. he, he perceives this to be part of him. And so now and it's assaulting him. Um, but they kind of changed that. <laughs> yeah, they do change that. And I, 
I'm not going to belabor the point. Like I think I've said enough bad things about it. it and it, again, it solves a very, a very, it very quickly and concisely solves a narrative problem, which is how do we bring Castiel back? Um, how do we introduce the most important character in Supernatural series? Called, and her name is Daphne. And how do we get the brothers brothers back together <laughs> at the same time? We have to do that in 45 minutes. Sarah, can you do it? And Sarah did it. She, she accomplished that. She uh, nailed it. She did it. I will say that the next step here where they decide uh, that Castiel's too crazy to take out into the world. So we're just going to leave him in the mental hospital. And then we're going to go try to figure out something that can fix him. Seems a little short-sighted because as bad as Sam has had it, uh, Sam hasn't had mystical angel powers <laughs> and no. I just i just feel like at some point like number one he could just castiel could teleport away at any time it, it sure feels like we only have uh two minutes left of the episode and we really need to wrap everything up <laughs> yeah what would have been better is if we got two full episodes of this i know they weren't going to do that because i was going to say you know the stronger stuff in the episode or the the more uh narratively satisfying stuff i guess is the dean and castiel stuff that's the the bigger mm-hmm. stuff not to i think sam's seeing sam go through all this is important um but if we had had sam not having a hunt and we had gotten more of dean and Cass, we would have been able to build up a little bit more maybe had a more satisfying solution mm-hmm. um but i also get that this is supposed to be an episode that focuses on what sam's been going through uh and his willingness or unwillingness to to fight um so I, I get why they wanted to put a little hunt in there. But yeah, it's just, I like this episode a lot, but I, and I, I like the outcome in a way, but like, like the, the technical aspect, the way that it worked, the implications that it has, I like less. There's a, there's a moment in Avengers Infinity War. There's a, there's a throwaway joke in, in Avengers Infinity War. This isn't a huge plot spoiler or anything, so don't, don't worry about it. But, um, uh, Thor says something about being like 1500 years old. And then he just kind of casually is like, oh, yeah, I learned X at uh, at school like 1500 years ago or whatever. And it just that it's a throwaway joke and it's supposed to be funny and it's supposed to explain mm-hmm. like a thing that happens on the screen that I won't get into. Um, but all it does is like set me on fire with this idea that 1500 years ago, like a young Loki and a young Thor were at school taking lessons together and like. It opens up so many doors that I'm like, well, if he's been in school 1500 years ago, why is this dude such a fucking idiot? Like, why do you, why, if he's this old, why does he act like a dumbass? Like in 90% of his movies, like what is, and so, and that's what happens here is that they, they did this to, to get to a point and I'm, and I'm kind of into it from a, from a plot perspective. Like I, I like to have my mm-hmm. boys back together again. I like that Cassiel is back, even if I don't particularly like what they do to him here. Um, but it, it the implications of it are so are so vast like i'm just gonna again like let's have castiel pretend that he's a nurse at a coma ward and just take it take loose take the <laughs> t- what did i call it take bad lucy out of one coma guy and put it in the next coma yeah. guy for 24 yeah. hours so that nobody's tortured forever um i it, it's 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 a weird thing i um the the big wrap-up to this episode that we've we haven't gotten to yet is that we Sam is able to leave. Oh, yeah. They get out of the hospital. Yeah, Sam just walks um, out. He just checks himself Castiel out. Castiel is admitted. <laughs> By the way. Yeah. I don't know if they just escape <laughs> they, or what they're doing. Did they just swap? But, did they like, oh, yeah, I'm fine now, but he's crazy. Can you put him in? <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. That's 100% also, how it works. the demons know where this place is. They've already proven but, that they know where this place is. The last scene we get is Meg getting a job at the hospital. So, like, what is, what's going to happen here? Is Meg going to, like, protect Castiel? Is she going to make him better? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, uh, this this is very cool. Like she's doing an interview and like giving very sweet answers and, and whatnot. And uh, it's 
it's it's very uh, sinister. Like the, the last scene mm-hmm. that we see is her, you know, getting into this position of authority over a completely crazy ass angel with angel powers. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know how this is gonna play out. Um, so it, we're we're left with Castiel's back, but he's now uh, he's hurt. Uh, Sam is back. We don't know how he's gonna be going forward. Probably fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I guess we're we're left with. Meg is involved again, and we have to somehow deal with the Leviathans. I like that Meg. This you know she's changed actresses, but I like that she kind of is still very much Meg from season one. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 when she said change actresses, I was like, no, this is the same chick that we saw last time. But yeah, um, uh, Meg is a great actress, and she's she's always fun because you know the the weird flirtation um, with her and Castiel. I think Castiel has a line in this, by the way, that, that's really funny. Where he's like, "Is this a flirt <laughs> or something?" That's really yeah, yeah. it's really kind of fun. Uh, overall, I, I like this episode a, a whole lot. Uh, I it's 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 a rare episode of Supernatural that is so meta like it's so concerned not meta but so concerned with our overarching plot that we we barely have time to squeeze out a monster of the week and like they they still yeah. get that done and everything is like appropriately spooky and scary and in the right ways like it all works for me um except like i've talked about it at length the the stuff at the the very very end with castiel um right. which we're at the end of the season right like this was 16 i think is what we were watching 16 or 17 damn yeah i don't i don't even know i lost count a long time ago yeah i don't i don't i don't quite remember either um so we're we're kind of getting into the end game we've only got five or six episodes left like so there's no way that this is going to stay that way like we just kind of know that because it's a it's a procedural tv show so right uh i'm not i'm not too stressed about this i do like that sam is finally in a place where he can hunt with his brother again and not just be um constantly tortured by lucifer yeah yeah (laughs) that's a good situation Uh, I, I get, or I, or I think that season seven is better than it. Um, I once perceived it to be, but there are still moments like this where, you're like, okay, a uh, little column A, little column B, some things are really great, uh, and but there's still some technical failings. I mean, even season five and four, they have little things like that. No season is perfect, so um, I think I'll take it. I'll take this one as a win. You're into it. I'm into it as well. Uh, before we before we get out of here. Um, I do have a little bit of a trivia corner from the from the great Wikipedia. Oh my God. <laughs> um, there was a uh, a reference, and I, I wouldn't normally bring this up because um, you know, hey, maybe people don't know references. Uh, but the first section is that uh, the title of this episode, which I believe is the born uh, the born again identity. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the title of this episode is a reference to the 2000 movie The Born Identity, starring Academy ah. Award winner Matt Damon. So that's like, yeah, we, we know like that's okay. But may, maybe someone hasn't seen, you know, maybe there's someone like you that was born in 2003 or 2004 that isn't aware of the, the Bourne franchise. Right. Um, right. So directly underneath how it many, though. How many times have I brought that movie up on this podcast? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> A bunch. Hopefully. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> uh, right below that though, somebody has helpfully added this anecdote um, on a tweet on Twitter. Jared Padalecki's friend was revealed to be in a movie with Matt Damon and Jared said he was jealous revealing he is a matt damon fan <laughs> oh my god oh, busted gotcha jared exposed jared gotcha. exposed nailed you we found out you like matt damon like most of america does 
like like millions and billions of people across the world l- love uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> fucking got ya. Got ya. This has been another Monster of the Week Got Ya podcast. We got ya, Jared. <laughs> uh, try hiding from the truth now, Jared. We can't do it. You put your tweets out there. You know what's going to happen, son? We're going to read them. We're gonna read them, and we're gonna make into, we're gonna make assumptions based on those tweets, and then we're gonna say those assumptions into a microphone and put it on the air so that tens of people add can it to the Wikipedia to trivia. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, gotcha, Jared. We love you. Gotcha. <laughs> so this has been Monster of the Week. Uh, this is a Supernatural podcast. We want to thank all of you people listening. It means a lot to us. We also want to thank the supporters at Patreon.com/slash Monster of the Week for uh supporting the show and letting us do more stuff i've kind of teased this a few times uh i think i can safely say and if i can't i will go back and edit this later (laughs) i think i can safely say (laughs) that uh we have released the first episode of monster of the week presents this is going to be a new podcast feed that's going to be partially exclusive to our patrons we're gonna they're gonna get everything first um and they'll so they'll be able to listen to it but uh the first episode is called silver is for monsters and it stars uh me and chris my lovely wife autumn and we are covering the first witcher book isn't that mm-hmm. right chris mm-hmm. um there's no is in the title it's just silver for monsters get it right jeremy because it's the name of a song from the Witcher soundtrack. I have, if you look on the website, I have already named it Silver is for Monsters, so we should probably it's, fix it's, that. It's wrong. That's incorrect. <laughs> I guess we need to have a discussion about what the podcast is called. All fair. Oh my god. <laughs> um, the first book is called The Last Wish, I think. Yes. And the uh, it's a series of short stories with some interstitial stuff. We're covering it very slowly. We wanted to kind of ease ourselves into it. So the, mm-hmm. the first episode will cover the first interstitial, the first kind of like intro chapter, and then the first main short story in it. And then uh, the second episode, which will come out probably the following month, will uh, we'll have some, some a bit, be a bit meatier. We'll cover some two stories. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. very excited to have that that on the the monster of the week presents feed and uh mm-hmm. if you can see by our patreon we're going to be encouraging people to um kind of subscribe to that so that they can get exclusive stuff like it's not going to be just silver for monsters we're going to have uh, a bunch of different kind of podcasts and experiments that we want to mess around with so go check that out yeah uh, i'm pretty excited about some stuff we have coming up me too uh where are you at on twitter nowadays chris i'm still to this day at local bones on twitter the localist of bones i'm still at jg greer the podcast is at motwcast come chat with all of us about all of your supernatural business we'd love to have you and we'll see you next week bye really silver for monsters that's just silver for monsters i've been saying it's steel for humans for silver monsters. for monsters yeah yeah it's just because it's like because Geralt talks in a very clipped contracted way all the time mm-hmm. and um yeah it's steel for humans silver for monsters that's just the, the brief i mean i've introduced the show as and this is silver for monsters so yeah i should I, what you're saying is I, I mean i felt like a dick as soon as i was saying that i was like oh it doesn't really sound funny that i'm correcting him it just makes me sound like a dick no man. no no you, you definitely need to correct me on this stuff because i, I mean it's i have like the preview episode when i made it was definitely silver is for monsters so and i think i've been referring to it as like s-i-f-m so Whew, all right i would have been a thirsty gamer
Yeah, because you know I'm not I'm not going to let you take a break and go get some water or anything because huh? I'm an d- enormous asshole. Well, I gotta I gotta be have uh, hydration from the get go. I can't be like you know midway through suddenly let me um, agua up my system. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You want to keep it lubricated in there. That's what I like to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're ninety eight percent water, right? Not ninety six, not ninety seven. I'm ninety nine. <laughs> Are you 99? God damn. Hydrated yeah, I, have high, I have a high gamer. percentage of, of water, yeah. It's actually a, a, a miracle of science, my doctor tells me. That's why, that's why I have to piss so much, though. Miracle, I'm sure, is definitely the word that he's using. Yeah, yeah. He actually said it's a miracle I'm still alive. <laughs> How are you even living? What did you do to yourself? <laughs> I hope my internet holds up today. They uh, they finally told me um, after telling me to move, which I didn't think was a really like it's re- a dope line <laughs> realistic <laughs> way to solve my internet problems. Just moving somewhere else. Uh, they they called me back and they were like, actually, we do see that we're having some issues. Um, so we're we're gonna because I have a, like a Wi-Fi internet basically. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're going to move your access point to this other different server. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's that's not a problem. Um, but it hasn't been... Like, it was stable last night, um, but it hasn't been particularly, like, better. So <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing. Just get... I don't, I don't know. Just get a giant satellite dish. Would that's that a, help? That's essentially what I have now. So that's that was that's last-ditch effort. Um, Extremely cool. And then there's fucking AT&T guys show up at my door and are like, we have new options for fast internet. And I'm like, oh, really? Tell me more. Actually, we don't. We're just here to sell TV. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Jeez, oh, <laughs> tell me more, you cowards. <laughs> I have to uh, log in to Humble Bundle. Excuse Uh-oh. me for one moment. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. You have some PC gamer stuff to do. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Yeah, this is, do you this reconvene? is just PC gamer stuff. Do you want to do you probably wouldn't. You probably wouldn't get it. I mean, no, because it's PC gaming, so it's lightning fast. Oh, okay, okay. So it doesn't take a long time to do. No, no. God, my bracelets are jangling all over the place here. Is that what I, I hear? Don't know if you know about me? I hear a lot. I wear a lot of bracelets. I have for many years. You know, Chris, if I um, had known that about you before we started this podcast, that may be one of the yeah, things no, that would have told me not to yeah. start a podcast with you. Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's just a thing. It's just a thing that's been compiling for a long. It's, no, I only have three. I have three bracelets. That's a lot of bracelets. Yeah, but they're just like, they're chilling. It's not a big deal. What is that? Okay, get rid of that. All right. Pardon me. Just a moment. Mm, no, take your time. Okay. Um. Okay. Well, I can pay with Amazon. That's fun. Um, no, I want to give this to charity. Thank you very much. Okay, let's see. I'm just talking myself through this. Don't worry about it. No, but please keep us keep us informed. Let's see what's happening. What's what's what exactly are you doing? Uh, I am buying uh the second Trails in the Sky game because I'm about to finish the first, and it's on sale today on Humble Bundle. Man, you really like that first game, huh? I sure did. Um, I liked uh, Trails of Cold Steel, which this is a trilogy that takes place after it. Uh, so I thought, hey, well, why the frick not? Go back in time and play those other games. And uh, it's been working out. 
there was a little bit of thunder and uh maybe is extremely nervous now she's basically under my desk like hiding and shaking so that's very sad yeah she's she's a fucking idiot that thinks thunder is coming for despite living indoors for like four or five years like I know. <laughs> you think at some point she would just kind of pavlov up right like oh well every time it thunders i get i get nervous pavlov up he says <laughs> i'm just saying like there's thunder in the sky and literally nothing happens to me at some point you got to make that connection that you're safe <laughs> and don't please yeah, don't, you, you would think don't wake me up for my nap anymore maybe i don't like it Register your product with Steam and add it to your Steam library. Enter the product code, distribute it with a retail CD or DVD or other Steam product code. Click next to continue. Next. I've never done this before. Give me that product code, baby. I'm going to read it out before I type it in to for, uh, and please post this live. Mm-hmm. Going up right now. I like, the th- I like the thrill of not knowing if I'll get my own game. Hold on. Let me get my... Um... Let me get my uh, Twitch thing, my Twitch button out. Hold on. Perfect, perfect. All right, we're live on on Twitch. How many things did you just drop? <laughs> I just no, it was just a push of a button. That was all my that was my Twitch button. Oh. Okay. 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 Here we go. Download your game by clicking on its image, but that doesn't help. I'm not alright. This is this is a lot to deal with. What the fuck is my email password? So um Sunday night mm-hmm. was when I went to bed pretty early because I uh, I was feeling pretty sick on Sunday. You might remember this because I canceled recording with you on Monday because I come came home feeling extremely sick. Yeah. Um, Sunday night, I took some cold medicine and then, like, went to bed. Uh, and I had the craziest fucking dreams. Oh. And I, I, like, there's nothing more boring than hearing about somebody's dreams. And so I'm not going to go through, like, the whole. And then we were at, at a castle, and the castle morphed into an alien spaceship. Like, I, I don't want to talk about <laughs> any of that stuff. But there was some situation. I don't remember if it was a convention or whatever, but that me and Jensen Ackles had to share a room together. Um, oh. like a hotel room together and there was only one bed um, and I'm sorry this is not going where probably most of you think that it's going so I'm just going to go ahead and cut that off right now but it was a whole like <laughs> it, it, it was in that like dream feel like a whole long time of us discussing what we're going to do about it of Jensen calling like his agent <laughs> or his manager or somebody <laughs> uh, Misha came by at one point and like laughed at us okay. about it uh, eventually okay. uh, Jensen like turned around to me and was like look I've got to go do this talk uh, hopefully you can sort it out by the time I'm back and if not we'll just be bunk buddies and I was like okay man I'll try to figure all this out <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and then i and then i like immediately woke up from this and uh autumn was taking out the dogs and getting ready to go to the gym and i was just like autumn i just shared a bed with jensen and she's like what the fuck are you talking about please go to sleep <laughs> <laughs> this is uh this is taking a lot longer than i expected it to yeah and you got are you like way away from the mic now that you're doing all this pc gamer business yeah yeah i'm pretty far okay. away sorry how do I install? Nope. It's already in your Steam library. Okay. Okay. We're getting there, everybody. We're getting there. Perfect. Okay. 
Oh, I always pick the the best times to do everything. Yeah, yeah. This is this is definitely the opportune time. I mean, it's good content for the podcast, which is what I care about the most. I yeah, I know that. I know that's all you care about. Okay, one last thing. Same. All right. Well, hey, um, I haven't really given you a lot of good, fresh, hot comedy content, but I am ready to record the podcast. Frankly, you have given me zero hot, fresh comedy content, Chris. Listen, it's like Jeremy. I'm a a little gassy. I've had a long day. (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) Apparently, I'm not making any goofs today. I mean, I'm in a I'm in a decent enough mood. Mm -hmm. I just don't have the goofs flowing just yet. There's nothing interesting has happened in my life. Uh, did you take any goof juice? No, but I am extremely gassy, and I don't know if the two are related. <laughs> I mean, you gotta keep that goof gas inside, Chris. You can't, you can't be expelling the goof gas. It's, it's, it's filling the room, and it's getting to be a little overwhelming. <laughs> Your poor cat. Your poor cat's gonna be miserable in there. <laughs> My cat's not in the room, okay? He just, wants to have, he just wants to have a good time, and you're gassing him up with your goof gas. Yeah, he's getting pretty gassed up right now. Ugh. I feel really bad. Did you see um, Cosm's tweet about cat food today? No. So somebody made one of those butterfly memes, um, except the butterfly was like a a bowl of cat food with the center eaten out. Like so, there was just a ring of cat food in this little bowl, and um, mm-hmm. the guy was saying, "Like, is this no food?" Uh, because you know that's our cat does that. Our cat will eat the center out of my the cat bowl. does that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so my cat does that. Cosm retweeted that and was like, "Yeah, there's a reason for this, you fucking idiots." <laughs> Like cats use their whiskers to hear, so if they're putting their head into a bowl and it's rubbing against the uh, the sides of the bowl, they'll it's like somebody shrieking into their ear while you're trying to chew. And I was like, oh, okay, oh, oh. so let's uh, let's get a bigger bowl for that dude and see what happens. Oh, that makes much more I sense. <laughs> well, I, bad, I see that this keeps working out for me because if my cat, if he's able to get in there, if he's able to get all that food, he's gonna puke it up. The other night, I think. I can't remember if, if Jess was here or not, but we were worried that he had gotten out because sometimes he just, he's a little sneaky guy. He'll just slip right out and he's not supposed to go outside, but he likes go- doing that. Um, so I was like, oh no, where is he? Oh yeah, I was by myself. Uh, I couldn't find my cat and suddenly I just heard this awful, awful noise outside and it was just, it was an animal being hunted by another animal. Um, I, cause I live right near woods, so I just hear it sometimes. It's not pleasant, but happens. And my first thought was like, oh shit, my cat is outside and he's been attacked by something. So I ran downstairs and was like, I need to, I'm just, I'm about to go outside. Uh, I, I would have been worried still at that point. When I got downstairs, I was like, no, everything is fine because I just fucking stepped in cat puke. So I know that he's in here because this was not here 10 minutes ago. This motherfucker, he's he's around, he's here, and he's hiding because he fucking puked. Because he ate all of his wet food and he wasn't supposed to. He got you. He got me. That little mother... But I was like, at least you're safe. This is the only <laughs> indication of that. My foot's covered in cat puke. But at least I know you weren't killed by a coyote. Whatever I use to, to do it. So yeah, yeah we, can, um, we can do that pretty easily. Awesome. Uh, tonight, yeah, yeah I gotta make podcast art tonight. Oh, I might, I actually just might take a picture of uh, Tomie, which is another Junji Ito uh, comic. Mm-hmm. And I was reading it earlier, and it was something was like, "Hey, that that dead girl, like whether she's a, a dead or not, I don't know. Like she's pretty cute." Um, and somebody replying back, like, 
uh, necrophilia is illegal, you know, and the person's like, I don't care, and I was just going to make it be like Dean talking about Castiel and <laughs> Sam being like, necrophilia is illegal, you know? <laughs> Uh, 76, damn boy. I know. We up there. We doing it. Um, did you ever, did you ever have the fuzzy porn channel when you were uh, a younger man? Fuzzy porn being like that thing that was kind of, um, kind of filtered out, but you could still like make out a nipple. So, yeah. So, so for me, it was channel 76 and it was right. It was right near Cartoon Network, and and it was just a thrill the day that I found it. Because every once in a while, you see like a whole titty, and you'd be like, "God damn, yep. I'm 12, <laughs> and that's a titty, and I am into titties." Apparently, I didn't know that until I saw one in this context. I'm discovering this, <laughs> I hadn't really looked at titties before now, but now that you showed me one, but, I'm into them. <laughs> but really, it would just be sounds and porn yeah. sounds without mm-hmm. context to a young man. It's very scary. Oh, they're all they're all very bad. Uh, I found uh, when I was a young dude, I found my stepdad's porn stash with like literally Debbie does Dallas on a dubbed VHS. Oh tape. wow! Yeah, even like, I know about that. Yeah, yeah, like it's literally that movie, and so um, I've seen that movie maybe a thousand times now. <laughs> <laughs> Your most watched movie. Do, do you want to know, know the plot? Like yes. the, the, the real interesting plot to Debbie Does Dallas because it involves I, like I a, some cheerleaders who are trying to save a school and oh. they're really good. They're really good at sex, Chris. I guess they're really good they're really at good. raising money. Um, just watched it a lot of times on like seven minute intervals, <laughs> just seven minutes at a time. I love it. I love it. <laughs> did you have, well, so did you have uh, woods porn? Because I've always like I always yep. read and I always hear like people say like just a thing that there's always like porn that somebody's gonna find in the woods and i didn't find it in the woods but i did find it on the side of the road that's that's, that Uh, woods porn i think it just was like even in my limited experience i still had woods porn crazy just youth i'm telling you the fires of youth the the woods porn thing has always been interesting to me because it implies that um because as a young man when you're like pornography is like this weird taboo thing that you're definitely not supposed to have that mm-hmm. everybody mm-hmm. wants to have access to. And if you have it and you share it with your friends, you're the coolest person in the world, which is not true about pornography. As soon as you figure out what pornography is actually for, yeah. it immediately <laughs> changes. But there's a point where if you have it, you were like the coolest dude at school and like you'll yep. pass it around or whatever. Um, so like thinking back on woods porn now, it was obviously like somebody was in the woods and they're like looking at this porn and then going, I don't want this porn anymore. Or I'm just gonna leave it here. Like there, it's a, yep. it's a litter bug. It's what it is. But yep. instead, it's it's a whole titty. So it's a it's a whole titty. It's we had so many like ridiculous things. Like in middle school, going to somebody's house for a sleepover, and their like parents had HBO, and at night there would just be like it was like real sex twelve, and it's just like not good looking people, and they're like. I remember this vividly. It was a bunch of not good-looking people, like, rolling around in mud and and, and boning down, I guess, and then, like, talking about it, because it was yep. also, like, a documentary. Yep. Uh, and then there was... Taxi driver, these, like, compa- taxi cab confessions. Of course. There was a weird, weird one was, like, uh, a penis um, uh, magician or something like that. They would, like, perform, and they would do, like, they would do the wristwatch and all these different little moves. Hey, uh, um, I just... <laughs> 
I cannot believe I'm saying this into a microphone. I uh, I have seen that guy live. I have seen the penis magician live. You seen him live in real life? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. By yourself? He, no, no, no. Like he did a, like a party or something that a, me and a bunch of friends of mine were at. And, uh, yeah, like have seen the dude do all of his penis tricks and like that's so make funny. his penis look like a thumb or something. Like I don't, I don't like a lot of it was it was seen through uh, like. My, I was trying to block my face and look like I was watching like the movie Alien at when I was twelve years old or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to look, but I don't want to. I want to see through my fingers or whatever. I don't want to. I want to look, but I don't want to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to have seen this. I just don't want to look at it while it's happening. Um, yeah, I've seen Penis Magician. The the HBO stuff is always a trip for me, man. Because like uh, when I was setting up my little media streamer box at the time, um, I steal my my father in law's uh, login for all that shit, so like I can watch mm-hmm. ESPN because he pays DirecTV for an ESPN channel or whatever. And at the time, he had um, HBO and Showtime and all that stuff, so like, I went to the HBO Go thing because it was Game of Thrones today, and like, uh, you know, it's a real reliable way to watch Game of Thrones. Um, so, like, as you do, like, activate the app, and I'm like, clicking around and seeing what they have, and they actually have like a bunch of movies and stuff that you can stream, and it's, like, it's kind of cool, but then they have the adult section, and it's like oh, yeah. a smattering of all of that bullshit. Like, real sex, 8017, like, 87,000, and it's you know, people going on sex tours of the country, or it's like extremely like like people really into eating food off of one another and, and talking about it with other people on camera. Yep. Which, like, yep. I can I can see how one would work, but the second thing is what I'm more confused about. <laughs> it was see that was that was tough because when we finally got on demand, um, even when it, so it was just in my parents' room at first. They had like they had a cable box with on demand on it. Uh, and that was a big deal because yeah, I remember my my youth. I'm a young man, so it was like I was like 12, and they had on demand for the first time. So I was like, this is fucking nuts. There's there's naughty bits on here, but I knew, I knew I couldn't watch it because there was a history. I knew about the history like right away. I was like, if I watch any of this crazy shit, my parents are gonna know about it, so I can't do it. And it was like. It was such a it was it was a painful experience to know that it was within my reach. My version like, of nobody's that home. Was, uh, my version of that was remi- was rewinding the Debbie Does Dallas tape to wherever it was, was when I found it. <laughs> you had to remember where it was at. That's perfect. <laughs> Have you ever seen the joke of Camille Nanjiani where he talks about how he would get um, he had a friend or he himself would record whatever porn was on like the TV in the middle of movies yeah in the middle of like mm-hmm. Jurassic Park he would just like record a bit that was something like that uh, his joke is that he would do that and he would give him to all his friends but then there was the movie uh, The Mask with Cher not like the Jim Carrey <laughs> one where not he, he gave it to yeah. his friend and was like yeah this is I'm hooking you up with like with the porn um, but he didn't he just he did not put porn on that he just made his friend watch oh, that no. entire movie because it, just, it was a prank but uh oh man the VHS lifestyle I never I, I never never went down that road anyway the audio's uploaded okay well I'll, I'll, I'll get on top of that what a thrill what a thrill It'll be good. I'm glad your audio is uploaded because I was recording all of this, so this will definitely be in the outtakes. 
perfect. We needed something, huh? <laughs> yeah. Might as well talk about our masturbation habits when we're 12 years old in a podcast. We never mentioned masturbation, okay? We never mentioned it. I mean, Chris, like, you don't find porn on the street and then think, like, oh, I'm going to return this to its rightful owner. I just you remembered know? it. I just remembered it for a really long time. I'm going to make this into the small as I can, put it underneath my shirt, and smuggle it into my house so that I always have it and I will never let, let it go ever. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to go eat dinner. Good talking. All right, man. Take it easy. Hey, <laughs> Chris, good to know you, man. Whoa. Good you glad, too. Glad, we're, glad we know each other this well. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs>